Thank you for downloading this episode of the Shrimps Verdict podcast. We really appreciate your ears. All opinions expressed are those of the individual contributors and not necessarily those of either Morecambe Football Club or of Beyond Radio. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. After... Nice football, it's Declan John, and it's Kieran Lee inside the box. Might be trying to work it for MJ Williams on the edge of the box. Great pile driving effort, and it's just over Adam Smith's crossbar. Ryan McLaughlin picked up by Joan Royunga, hugging this right hand touchline. Needs options. One of them is Paul Stockton, who's found himself in a bit of space. And Stockton just drags his effort wide. Anthony O'Connor with it that towards this right side and Ryan McLaughlin who goes first time up and over that could ball. turn into a great knock you know if Joan Ryan can get that ball under his spell which he can plays Adam Phillips in who's going to slide draw pass into the face of Shane McLaughlin in the Bolton box Go on. Oh! oh it's just deflected wide fabulous move from the shrimps here comes Dapo Afalane plays it into the path of Declan John and Declan John's got some oh, shot there and that's a good save now down to his left hand side and the first time that the Morecambe debutant keeper Adam Smith's been called into significant action and he was equal to the task Greg Lido wrestles possession back Adam Phillips 25 yards out and Nahua stopped him into the feet of Greg Lido people in the shot came in oh it was Anthony O'Connor 10 yards out the central defender Morecambe captain perhaps it fell to the wrong man snapshot on 10 yards out and O'Connor puts it straight at the goalkeeper what a chance massive massive chance for Morecambe there in close range I don't know if O'Connor wasn't expecting the ball to drop to him but he gets his shot off, just lacks that power really to test the goalkeeper. Nahua, 25 yards from goal in the central position. Greg Lee on this left-hand side with a bit of space to run into. He's going to get to the byline. Lee gets the cross and it's a decent oh, one as well. On. It's going to be smashed oh. in by Cole Stockton. Is oh. it no? And then Ayunga puts it wide. I can't believe that we've missed that. He's given the penalty. He's given a penalty all the same. It's a it, penalty to Morecambe, there was a handball in the mix. It was Cole Stockton, he, he fought for all the world, he was going to bury it for his 21st goal of the season. Cole air-shotted it, fell to Joan Royunga. We thought he'd shanked his effort wide from where we are, but there was a handball and a referee after a few seconds of deliberation. Points to the penalty spot and a great chance for Morecambe to take the lead. The Shrimps players were adamant as soon as that ball was struck that it hit a hand and it's a red card! It's a red card to number five. Ricardo Santos has been sent off for Bolton Wanderers here. 70 minutes on the watch. Stockton steps up and it has the penalty. Saved away to his right-hand side by James Trafford. And Morecambe have fluffed their lines. Well, that's a massive let-off for Bolton Wanderers. Keeper goes the right way. Not a great penalty from Cole Stockton, you have to say. I thought he was similar to the one he scored at the opposite end a few home games ago. I thought he was just going to leather it down the middle like he did previously, but he he went for the left-hand corner. The keeper's right, but it was nowhere near the corner. Towards the left-hand side it goes. Bolton trying to build an attack in front of the scoreboard. Ayunga 
doing great defensive work to not only get away from his man, but perhaps get a bit of an overload breakaway on here. Jonas made great tries, 40, 50 yards. Inside the box is Anthony Go Phillips, it's going to score! Yes, come on! And that's the one that we were looking for. Great breakaway from Morecambe. Jonah Younger started it on the right-hand side. Dispossessed his man. He bombed forward down the right wing. 40, 50 yards into the path of Adam Phillips. Stopped it and made the run on the blind side. Phillips finds him. And it's the key of the door, 21 for Cole Stockton this season, in front of the Bartercard faithful. And after 73 minutes, it's Morecambe 1, Bolton Wanderers 0, Cole Stockton. It makes no mistake from that one, Cole Stockton, it's an excellent finish, wonderful build-up play for Morecambe, wasn't it? Jonah Younger drives forward, lays it to the path of Adam Phillips, who unselfishly squares it across to Cole Stockton, who makes no mistake from close range. And that is a huge moment for Morecambe, and it's Morecambe 1, Bolton Wanderers 0. And that means so much to him. And given the fact, Matt, that he had missed from the penalty spot, and it was, he will admit it in post-match, I'm sure, it was a poor penalty. He didn't make the keeper work anywhere near enough. But Michelle Stockton, Michelle, who is, I think, watching on iFollow, Michelle, your boy has just possibly scored the winning goal here and he's 21st of the season too. What a finish. The Shrimps have a corner. It is going to be taken by the right boot of Adam Phillips. It's a good one. Right at the bar. Where a yes! Come on! Doubled Morecambe's advantage. It's the dream team combination again, or is it? No, he's, he's ruled out for offside. I thought for a second there that the roof was going to lift off the Mazuma once more. It was the old combination, Phillips corner, Anthony O'Connor heading it into the back of the net, but the flag was off. Ian Everett is at absolute boiling point. Absolute boiling point. Now the problem here appears to be Ian Everett and the Bolton Wanderers coaching staff not happy with some fans in the main stand who are sitting directly behind the Bolton Wanderers dugout. And it looks as if players from both teams, in fact the referee, I think, on 87 minutes, he's going to pull players from the field whilst we sort out this situation that we have. So we are back underway and we've we have obviously drifted well over the 90 minutes so it looks as if there are going to be 10 minutes of the game still to play then here at the Mazuma Stadium 10 minutes to go Bolton just trying to build something down this left hand side they get the ball across it's going to fall for nicely and it's going to be the equaliser for Bolton Wanderers and it's a substitute Awadu Bakayoko Bolton Wanderers fans stream onto the pitch here at the Mazuma Stadium as the ball hits the back of the net. And with around five minutes or so to go of the game here at the Mazuma, Wanderers have equalised. Ball down the left-hand side. We didn't clear our lines inside the penalty area. And it's a substitute Bakayoko from about eight yards out as more and more Bolton Wanderers fans invade the pitch here at the Mazuma Stadium. The upshot is, though, it's all square at Morecambe 1, Bolton Wanderers 1.
Reaction to the action. This is the Shrimp's Verdict on Beyond Radio. Yeah, listen, we should have won. We were the better team with 11 men. We were the better team with 10 men. I thought we totally dominated, created all the chances. Passed the ball in ridiculous conditions. Um, so I come a very, very frustrated figure that we have not won the game. We miss a penalty, which, listen, we can't be too critical of Cole for that. He's carried us most of the season. Um, we deserved to win the game. We didn't. We didn't see it out. Game management. Um, we should have kept the ball instead of trying to score a second. And we didn't. We got punished. You got punished after the teams had been off for 10 minutes. I mean, I saw your reaction to the fans as well when the referee called the players off. How did you see it at the time? Listen, there's lots of accusations going about. Um, and, you know, the relevant authorities are going to deal with that. Um, it's, it's obviously interrupted the game completely. Um, the run of the game, the, the, you know, the way we were going, we're totally dominating. So, so disappointing. Um, listen, I'll let the rele- relevant authorities deal with that and, and go from there game itself you know it was a tough game in tough conditions here once again but once you got ahead the call stopped and after missing the penalty you had, you had several good chances to add to to make it two yeah with chances you know I think Andrew Connors got a great chance with another half a chance in the box as well so we were playing all the football we were creating all the chances you know we pressed them high up the pitch I thought we as I said I thought we totally dominated that side that's won four in a row and and not conceded a goal in them games so maybe it shows that I'm absolutely gutted that we haven't won the game and how far we've come in the last four or five weeks. The ten minute delay seems to affect your side more than Bolton, didn't it? Yeah, well it didn't, it didn't. We were in total control of it. We had the ball, we kept the ball. And then we tried to put somebody through when we should have kept the ball, you know, and it was just bad game management. Um and they go and score. You know, you get punished at this level for, for bad decisions and they've punished us. Talking of positives though, Jonah Unger I thought was excellent once again. I think he's been outstanding the last month. I thought there was some very, very good performances today. Um, I don't think there was a bad performance throughout the 11 or the boys that came on. So it's, it's really hard for me to be critical. We get punished for mistakes at this level. Not even a mistake for, you know, to deal with the ball into the box. I think it was Jacob, you know, the ball swirling about and bobbles and what have you. Um, and that's what happens if you don't manage the game properly. Two point, uh, three points would have been fantastic. You're going to choose the game with Lincoln now. Probably makes that even more important for you. Every game is important now. You know, we, we need to gather points. It's another point against a very good side here on the road. You know, let's not make no mistake the size of the club that Bolton are. Um, I'm gutted that we didn't win, but you know, before the game, with the form they were in, we would have taken it. We cope with our front three. We outpassed them. Um, and it's just a, a shame it's ended the way it did. Um, the game being stopped, not what anybody wants to see. We're here to play football, and that's it. Um, so the whole day is very frustrating. Have you ever seen that before, a game stopping like that? Um, only on TV. Looking today at the squad, uh, no Kyle Leathering today. Adam Swift came in for his debut. Yes, um, listen, we've been speaking to Kyle for a few weeks now. Um, Kyle wants to play football, which is very understandable. No problem there whatsoever. Um, you know, he's been very good to the club and we fully respect that. And yes, we're, we're negotiating with Kyle to, to leave the club at the moment um, so we can go and play. But Adam came in, I thought he was outstanding today. It's kicking in the, the conditions. He's commanding, he has a voice in. You know, I think uh, you know we've now got a, a very good bit of competition for number one. Well, Anthony, action-packed game ended one-one. Are you disappointed that you couldn't hold on? Yeah, bitterly disappointed. Um, we dominated large parts of the game. Um, you know, a couple of decisions, a couple, a couple of decision making cost us. What did seem to cost you was the ten-minute break as he came out. You were struggling when he came out, and they took it and scored with the ten men. Yeah, change the momentum of the game. I think if that doesn't happen, uh, we can see the game more comfortably. It's just uh, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate.
unfortunate turn of events that you know it happened, but it happened, and we we didn't manage to see the rest of the game. The game itself, I mean, you did well in the first half, couple of half chances. Second half, once Cole scored after he missed that penalty, you looked well on top. Yeah, we missed the penalty, you know, and it was obviously disappointing. You know, not long after we scored, and you know, I was, I was, me and the lads were screaming at each other, saying, "Push forward, we're going to score another one," and we did. I scored a what looked as if you know a perfect goal, really. I don't know what happened. I think the ref said, "Call foul the keeper," or the linesman said, "Call foul the keeper," but I'm not too sure. But um, like I said, we managed, we managed all in the end. The turn of events, you know. Uh, was for the worst for us really and they managed to get um, to come out and they were the better side for the last 10 minutes so you know very disappointing they scored ironically from you had a bit of a counter attack McLaughlin down the right had a chance to, to get a ball in the ball was cut out and then and they scored from it it was disappointing wasn't it yeah it was, there was a few, a few decisions that were made in the build up that you know we, it was very poor decision making we should do better um, I won't go into it because you know, everyone makes mistakes and this season but it's just really disappointed that it's come at such a, a late stage and, and what is an important game for us every game from up in the season is important but for us to be 1-0 up against 10 men against a good side like Bolton and they're on the back of four four wins and for us to, to throw away another two points uh, like I said this, we're, we're all hurting the dressing room it feels, like, it feels like a bit of a defeat really but we have to try and put a spin on it we have to try and take the positives and say that we've dominated for large parts of the game and we have to win the Tuesday and if, if we can Tuesday then maybe it's not so much of a bad point but at this moment in time it feels like a defeat It feels like you're getting so so close but just can't see things over the line Yeah it's been the story of story of it for a while you know we always if I can think back of all the games this season you know there's so many more points we should have and the points that we've thrown away you know could add up to 10 plus points really but you know probably a lot of teams could say that throughout the course of the season but you know, it looks as if we're getting better, we're improving, um, you know, but it looks as if we're a lot more consistent now. And I said that in my last interview, that the consistency is there now. It's not up and down and up and down constantly. It's consistency is there. It's important that we keep it going now and try and keep keep momentum and try and get some rhythm and, you know, some consistency with team selection. We've been getting that a bit recently as well. So um, try trying my hardest to try and take the positives out of it. But It's the Shrimps Verdict Podcast, part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio. It's Sunday morning as I record this bit of the pod. Now, usually we would rush the podcast out as soon as possible after the full-time whistle on the game, either on Saturday or on Tuesday night. But I thought given everything that had happened towards the end of the match at the Mizumi yesterday, it was best just to wait or just to take a stock a little bit about events as they unfolded towards the end of the game. Now, there are police investigations, there are internal club investigations too, and hopefully that will get to the bottom of exactly what went on and who caused anything that did go on. I think in terms of what actually did go on towards the end of the game, it it ruined Morecambe's chances of winning the game. We were in control and... I'm sure we would have held on for all three points if the players hadn't have had to leave the field. It's a bit of a shame, really, isn't it? Because if we had have held on for the three points, we would have been out of the relegation zone. We'd have been at least 
in 20th place. But the performance, again, gives us, or surely must give us, so much hope that we are going to be okay. We can't keep saying that, of course. We can't keep saying we're going to be all right. Games will start to run out. We have to get to the point where those good performances do actually then translate into wins. Some massive games coming up as well. Of course, hopefully you can join us for full match commentary as ever on Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio, starting at Lincoln City on Tuesday. We'll be live from 7.30. After the game at the Mazuma last night, I caught up with uh, Matt Smith as ever to digest what had gone on. And of course, as I said, given the police investigation and the club internal investigation, we speak here uh, exclusively about matters on the field. Matt, first and foremost, it was a a proper blood and thunder, no holds barred, given the conditions of the wind and the rain. It was a proper, proper good game of football in that respect. Yeah, um, like you say, uh, credit to both sides. I think they tried to play football properly in tough conditions. Um, completely agree. It was a fast and ferocious start to the game for both sides, wasn't it? You know, chances carved out either side. Uh, good pieces of defending on display as well. Um, I think we just about edged the first half um, and then obviously going into the second half again quite even um, and then we get the penalty missed the penalty you think might not be our afternoon uh, they obviously get the red card as well um, but a, a lovely lovely worked team worked goal for, for Morecambe uh, which obviously resulted in Stockton's uh, what we thought would have been the winner but um, yeah obviously 10 minutes added on and they uh, they, they punished us, I suppose, towards the, the latter stages of the game. And, you know, the skipper mentioned it in his post-match that it feels like a defeat, and it certainly does. Given the way that the game had panned out in the second half, we had the penalty, we had the red card, we then missed the penalty. We then go on, it was only two or three minutes later that we went on to, to score, and you felt at that time that it was with us. Anthony O'Connor had a... Ahead of disallowed, I think it was Cole who was impeding the goalkeeper. That's why that was ruled, or he might have been offside. That's why that was ruled out. But until the stoppage, we were the better team. And I would even go as far to say as if we hadn't have had that stoppage, we probably would have gone on to win. Yeah, I mean, uh, a stoppage obviously kills momentum, doesn't it? I think we looked quite comfortable at one 0 up. So we got the goal disallowed, didn't we? Uh, I think we were in the ascendancy. I said it on air. I, I thought that we had our tails up. I thought we were knocking on the door to get the second. And then, like you say, um, there's a stoppage in play and it just ruins our momentum, really. Uh, and, and they restarted the better team. And like we say, they, they got the late equaliser. So, yeah, it's a tough result to take, I'd say. It's really tough, isn't it? It, it, it? it wasn't raining at the start of the game. It was really windy throughout. It, the rain gradually got heavier and heavier and heavier as the game went on, which obviously didn't make for a, a great, in terms of skill and quality, didn't make for a great spectacle in that regard. But it was one of those games. I, I think we knew that it was coming as well, didn't we, given, I suppose, the recent history between the two teams and, and, and everything that goes with that. We knew what kind of game it was going to be, but we shall be so proud again. And I know we said it against Sheffield Wednesday and we can't keep saying it and not getting the wins, but we're doing enough and we're showing enough that we, that we can get the points that we need to stay up. Yeah, I, th- I think the positives from the game will, will become clearer as the weekend progresses. I think seeing the late equaliser, like, like we already say, it feels like a defeat. So it, it's definitely tough to take, but I think 
so many positives to take from the game um, and if we take them into the Lincoln game and, and beyond then um, we should be in a good position 21 then for Cole Stockton this season it should have all been about Cole's 21st of the campaign but uh, the gloss taken off it but not, not, not by just the stoppage but by the fact that we conceded and we literally got caught cold you could see when the players took retook to the field that Dermot O'Carroll he was encouraging the players to run jump up and down get a bit of heat back into their bodies and unfortunately Bolton just literally caught us cold yeah it's a tough one um, obviously it's unprecedented really for, for the players uh, it's not something that they'd be used to and like you say um, you've got to come back on and, and try and pick up where you left off before the stoppage and it's difficult of course it's difficult so late in the game as well you know you'll have tired legs uh, and, and like you say Bolton uh, just had that that one chance really um, as you'd expect between you know if there's 10 minutes added on you've got a team chasing the game you expect them to to certainly have at least one big chance uh, they did they had it and, and they took it so yeah, um, like we say, it's, it's a difficult one to take, but we'll uh, we'll take the positives. We'll hopefully move on and, and get a result at Lincoln on Tuesday. And finally, Matt, we are still in that mix with the results this afternoon. We could have climbed out of the bottom four with a positive result. We're only one point away from AFC Wimbledon, Fleetwood, Shrewsbury, Lincoln. They're all being pulled into the mix. Great result for Doncaster today against Sunderland. That's probably the result of the afternoon in League One, but it's bunching up. It's certainly going to be exciting going forward, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. It's been an exciting league all season, hasn't it? It's been really entertaining. Um, there's been a lot of talking points, a lot of shock results throughout the season from from day one. Um, so, like we say, we, we'll we'll be aware of what's going on elsewhere, but we'll only focus on ourselves and and hope we can do enough to obviously get a result on Tuesday and then move on to the next game and, and hopefully the points that we accumulate between now and the end of the season will be enough to get us across the line Tough afternoon Matt for many reasons uh, thanks for sticking with us and uh, we'll speak to you on Tuesday Cheers Dave thank you Now Morecambe's very busy February continues on Tuesday the long trip east to Lincoln City not been to Sinsel Bank for a number of years so looking forward to going back inside the stadium but another big test and another crucial battle towards the foot of the League One table too for Stephen Robinson's men full commentary of course of Lincoln City against Morecambe on Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio will be live on air on FM and DAB from 7.30 but ahead of the game I've been talking to Gary Hutchinson uh, Gary is the editor of the Stacey West it's a fans website also presents the Stacey West podcast Lincoln City fans pod a lifelong Lincoln City imps fan as well and the ideal person to get the full lowdown on Michael Appleton's men ahead of Morecambe's trip there this coming Tuesday so Gary uh, welcome along again thanks very much uh, once more for your time we really appreciate it before we get down to uh, the game uh, in hand on Tuesday give us a sales pitch the plug for the Stacey West the blog the podcast tell us everything we need to know Okay, uh, so the Stacey West is what I would like to consider as Lincoln's premier fan site, rather arrogantly. Um, So we're a website, stacywest.net. We do a podcast, the Stacey West podcast, available on all your favourite podcast outlets. Uh, And I've also built up a cult following for a video that I do called the Dog Walk video, um, which is me walking my dog, talking for half an hour about Lincoln City. So, um, yeah, unofficial fan outlet. And the, the pod itself, it's not corporate in any way. It's a proper fans pod and you get into the nitty gritty. If things aren't good, you say things aren't good. And that's just how something like this should be. 
Yeah, yeah. There's no, we're not corporate. We do have very good support from the club. I wouldn't, I wouldn't kind of pitch us as anti-club at all. Yeah. Um, the way I kind of pitch myself is when things are going well, I look for the negatives. And when things are going badly, I look for the positives. And I think that that makes for a good balanced podcast. Mm. So the Stacey West, just Google it. If you Google other Stacey West, you will see everything you need to know. And of course, you'll find some preview information ahead of our game uh, against Lincoln on Tuesday. It seems a very long time ago, Gary, since uh, since we met at the uh, Mazuma. Just a few short months have passed, though, but quite a lot has happened to, to both clubs since then. From your point of view, in terms of the season so far, where are you now in comparison to where you thought or where you hoped you were going to be at the start of the season? In a word, lower. Um, I don't think that that's any, uh, I don't think that's any secret at all. I think when we came to you, uh, we were aspiring to be lower top half. I think that's really where most fans were pitching us at the beginning of the season. Um, painful defeat away at yours. I thought we were woeful that night. I thought we were absolutely woeful. Um, and, and it only got worse from there, sadly. Uh, we lost players to injury. I think I was bemoaning injuries last time we spoke. It got worse, uh, much worse to a point where even up until recently, four centre-backs, all four contracted centre-backs out. So a couple of full-backs in at centre-back, a couple of lone players. Really bad results going through December. Knocked out the FA Cup by an awful Hartlepool side. Knocked out the Mickey Mouse uh, Papa John's trophy by an awful Carlisle side on penalties. We lost to Accrington at home. We were comfortably one of the worst teams I've seen us play this season. I, mean, I think we, we didn't score a goal, I think, in something like four weeks. Yeah. Um, we picked up now. We had some good performances just before Christmas. We drew at Cheltenham, conceded in the last minute. We're 2-1 up. We lost to MK Dons on Boxing Day from being winning 2-0 after seven minutes, and we should have got something from that game. And since then, Michael's been able to add to the side. You're, we're beginning to see Michael Appleton's Lincoln emerge. Yeah. Um, so we got Adam Jackson back from injury. He was out from for concussion protocols, two concussions in a season. And then you have to miss sort of two months or something. So he's fit, he's on the grass, he's running. We couldn't play him. He's back. Regan Paul is at centre-half now. We've got uh, Lewis Monsman did his ACL a, co- a couple of weeks ago. So we've still got the spectre of injuries hanging over us. Mm. But the difference is that now we've actually got forwards. And we didn't have that. We had Dan Lundaloo, who um, was was really, really poor for us. Uh, Tom Hopper injured very early in the season. And that was it for our strikers. So just before Christmas, we were relying purely on an 18-year-old who had come through the academy as our main striker. Now we've got too many strikers and not enough places, and I think that's a good place to be in. Anthony Scully had an absolutely lightning start to the campaign, didn't he, with his goals and his assists. Has he carried that form forward in the last few months? Well, it won't surprise you to hear he was injured. Um, <laughs> pretty much, I think. I don't think. I don't think we've had a single first team player who was with us at the beginning of the season who hasn't had a spell out injured. It's ridiculous. Uh, he picked up an injury at the end of October away at Sheffield Wednesday. He then missed all of November and all of December. Uh, he's come back into the side this month. He does already have a goal, I think, to his name. Um, I probably need to check that. And, uh, we scored so few goals through November and December. I could have told you everything about them, but we've been scoring recently. Uh, so he look, he's looking better. Um, lots of people were thinking he might leave in the transfer window. There was lots of speculation on um, what I would call um, untrustworthy transfer sites. Nobody of any repute or any note um, suggested he was going to go. So he's looking on form. Uh, but if somebody asks me now, who's your biggest threat going forward? It's, it's not always Anthony Scully that I answer. And, and two months ago, it was inevitably the only answer. 
Now, one player who you have gotten in your forward ranks who will be very well known indeed in League One circles is John Marquis. He's got a fantastic record. It's obviously not quite worked out for him at Portsmouth in recent times, but no doubt about it. Early days for you, of course, but he, he certainly knows where the back of the net is at this level. Well, two goals in two games for us already. Um, when the when the news broke, I had to double check because it seemed like the sort of thing that never happens to Lincoln. We don't sign players who have got the reputation of John Marquis. I remember writing for a website uh, three or four years ago and Sunderland had inquired and they'd been told 10 million by Doncaster. It's not worth that. But the point is that we're talking about a striker here, as you say, is, is, is a goal machine, 105 goals, 103 goals in five and a half years. Um, up until moving to Lincoln. So what usually happens is they move to Lincoln and then can't hit a barn door with a tractor. Um, we've had players and, and fans of a certain age will recognise names like Joe Allen, like Phil Stamp, like Leo Fortune West, who, who all came to Lincoln with these great goal ratios uh, and then certainly did nothing at all. Um, but he's, he's looked really good since he's come in. He leads the line very well. Um, he, he's not he's not a Mo Issa striker. So you look at Mo Issa and it's all about him. You have to yeah. tailor your game to Mo Issa to yeah. get something out of him. You have to tailor your game to Tyler Walker to get something out of him. John Marquis fits in, um, in in the games that he's played so far. We've seen him out on the wing putting a cross in. We've seen him scoring two relatively easy tap-ins in the six-yard area. They're the positions that we've been putting the ball into all season. Nobody's been getting on the end of them. Um, hard worker, six-month deal, but... Already, there's fans sort of saying, "Well, you know, let's let's look at this in the summer." Problem is, it's a lose lose, isn't it? Because if he comes in, scores goals for us, yeah. it raises his profile and puts him out of our reach. If he comes in and he's rubbish for us, you don't want to sign him anyway. Um, but on the plus side, if he scores the goals that keeps us up, I'll, I'll take that. That's what it's all about, isn't it? You want him to perform at a level that's going to be good enough to work to keep him and to to keep you where you want to be, still in League One next season, but not too much that. He's going to be attracted by the bright lights and perhaps more money elsewhere. So it's always at clubs like at our level, um, Gary, it's always that conundrum, isn't it? You want your players to do well, but almost not too well that you're going to lose them. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think when they're your players permanently and you've got them, like Anthony Scully, we know he's signed up for a couple of years. Theo Archibald is on loan at the Leighton Orient's kind of got another year on his deal. And I think I want those to do well because actually you do want them to move on because the only way teams like us, like Lincoln and like Morecambe and, and you know, teams of what I would say are ilk, the only way that you survive at this level and compete with Sunderland and Portsmouth and teams like that is by selling players. Yeah. Oxford are no different to Lincoln, in my opinion. Oxford and Lincoln, very similar size clubs. Oxford have a great model. For instance, Tariq Fosu um, and uh, who was the other boy they sold to Brentford, who, whose name escapes me now, but they sold them both on the deadline day a year or two ago for a few million quid reinvest, go again. So Teo Eden at the beginning of the season, 500,000. That money's been used impartially to bring in Charlie Kendall from Eastbourne, Ben House from Eastleigh. They don't sound like big names, but even if those players that cost us 10 grand, 15 grand, mm. and they play a few games, score a few goals, they might only do what Charlie Brown's just done at MK Dons in coming in, move on to Cheltenham for a nominal sum, but it's profit. Yeah. Or they might do what Mo Issa did when he went to Cheltenham, move on for a big sum, and then you kind of you're at that next level, aren't you? The one player, of course, that we managed to keep in the transfer window was Cole Stockton. Any player who's got 20 goals at this stage of the season, Gary, must be a worry for any opposition team who he comes up against. 
Well, he is. Cole, uh, for me, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong by all means, but Cole Stockton looks to me like one of those players that's having the season of his life. I mean, I remember coming up against him. I think he was at Tranmere. I might be incorrect. Yeah. I remember looking at him and thinking, yeah, you know, he's League Two striker. And I remember even when you guys signed him, I kind of thought there was nothing to be worried about there. So, uh, with the greatest of respect, because he hadn't had it. Very much uh, like Paul Mullin um, in that respect before he went to Cambridge. You know, Paul Mullin, average goals ratio. Sometimes it just clicks. Right team, right player, right time. Hundred percent. I think that's that's happened to Cole Stockton. And and the thing is as well, a striker is a conf- it's all about confidence. If you get two or three at the beginning of the season, you know the goal he scored against us. You know, nine times out of ten, nine times, nine nine times out of a hundred, a striker tries to do that and it misses. Yeah, a striker who's already got ten goals at that point sticks it in the back of the yeah. net. I think that that like say Gary, that is the difference. It's he's playing with supreme confidence at the moment. He's having one of those unbelievable campaigns. I am personally surprised that there wasn't more interest in him in the transfer window. And I mean that in the nicest possible way, because it's not just his numbers of goals. It's his all-round contribution. He's now providing assists. His overall contribution in the final third has, has gone up several notches this season. So I was a little surprised that teams perhaps didn't test the water a little bit more. There's an unofficial figure and a fair price it is too that that the club perhaps value him at. So overall, I'm delighted that he's going to stay and hopefully similar to John Marquis, Gary, Cole's going to score the goals to keep us above that top four line or bottom four line. Yeah, I think if you're in a relegation battle and you've got a goal scorer, you've got a chance. Mm. Um, and I think when you look at the relegation battle, which we are in, it's a six pointer that we're going into. You know, we look at it and beat Morecambe. You, you kind of, you know, you're moving and edging towards safety. But if you've got a goal scorer, you've always got a chance. Mm. Gillingham crew and Doncaster for me look doomed. You know, they've come out of the transfer window, not really any stronger, I don't think, than when they went in. Doncaster have made some good signings and got stuff five 0 at home by by Rotherham. So, um, you know, I, I'm not I'm not worried. When I say I'm worried about them, I'm not. I don't care because they're not my team. But you know. I think they're doomed. Then I think there's 10 teams could could end up in that final spot. I mean, obviously, mm. correct me if I'm wrong, I think you're in it at the minute. Yeah. Fleetwood, Wimbledon, us, you look above, you know, Cheltenham, Cambridge, Bolton made some good acquisitions, but Bolton, there's a whole host of teams there mm. that only need to lose two or three games in a week and it, it's real trouble. Our game against you on Tuesday is the first of three home games that we've got in eight days. We've got you, we've got Doncaster um, and we've got Wickham as well all at home and I think that can turn your season very, very quickly. In eight days, we could be sort of, you know, six, maybe nine points further away from the, the, the bottom four than we are now. And once you get to that stage and the games start ticking off, you'll feel safer. So for the people who weren't at the Mazuma earlier in the season, Gary, and, and perhaps obviously some changes to personnel, maybe some tweaks to style of play as well. Tell us everything we need to know about Lincoln, formations, players to watch. Tell us everything. Okay, well, I'll take you from from back to front. We'll play four, two, three, one, probably. Um, depends on fitness of players. Josh Griffiths will be in goal. He's only kept two clean sheets all season. Arguably the best keeper I've ever seen in a Lincoln shirt. Um, you know, I believe Josh Griffiths will play Premier League football at some point in his career. He's only a youngster at the minute. Outstanding. Likelihood is you'll get Ted Bishop at right back, which is bizarre seeing as he was playing left wing, I think, when we came to you earlier in the season. But really versatile player. Centre-halves probably going to be Regan Paul and Adam Jackson. I think Jacko will be fit. Regan Paul's gone from right back to centre-half. He's been a revelation. Been our best player um, in, in January by a country mile. 
Left back's Cohen Bramall. I can't remember if he played against you or not. He's like roadrunner in terms of his speed, um, but he's like Dick Dastardly in terms of his his actual attributes on the ball. He doesn't really have any. Um, so, uh, but great, you know, great, great asset in terms of his speed and could cause you problems. Conor McGrandall's in midfield. Contract ends in the summer, almost undoubtedly going back to the Scottish Premier League. All of a sudden, playing with a real freedom. Um, he's he's in the Liam Bridcut role because Bridders is still injured. Mm. Likely to be Luis Fiorini at the side of him, the, the lad we've got on loan from Man City. I'm not convinced he's a holding midfielder. Um, I I would like to see Max Sanders there, but it's unlikely. Then we're really attacking because uh, you've got Anthony Scully on the left, who we know about. Morgan Whitaker on the right, former England youth international on loan from Swansea. Had a superb debut and has tailed off, but there's there's a touch of the Brennan Johnson about him. You know, he's he's young, he's cocky when he gets on the ball. He wants to dip a shoulder, he wants to go left or right. We like that. Playing in the the eight or the ten role, depending on you know, formations overrated. So playing kind of in the middle of that is Liam Cullen. Now he's a number, he's a nine really. Come from Swansea, played in the uh, in the role just behind um, John Marquis on Saturday. He didn't win a lot of plaudits for his his performance there, and people I think would like to see Fiorini there or Bishop there. Chris Maguire, if he's fit, may play there. So again, we've got real options, and then undoubtedly John Marquis at nine. You know, two goals in two games, works hard. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'd back him to be scoring again, I think. So when we come to play you, we're recording this on uh, on Thursday evening. We could be level on points if we win and you lose on Saturday, Gary. So we, you might be listening to this now. We might be level on points. You might be six points ahead of us. Either way, it is that mini league, isn't it? We both want to finish at least mid-table in that mini league. So finally, Gary, let's have a prediction. I suppose you're going to say home win. Of, I wouldn't expect anything any different. Well, um, I might surprise you, actually, because we've got MK Dons on Saturday away. So you'd look at that and go lose, beat with Morecambe. This is Lincoln City, um, where unfortunately we've lost to Cambridge at home. We've lost to, um, I can't remember who we played on Saturday. We've lost two games back to back at home and, and one away at Sunderland yeah. uh, and Plymouth. I'm going to go for a draw. I, I think I think one all, um, but I think that we might turn over MK Dons. We are very similar, Gary, in the sense that we lost to Crew, we lost to Doncaster and Gillingham earlier in the season. Uh, and then we went and beat Wickham Wanderers when they were top of the table just two weeks ago. So it's one of, I've never known a, a League One so topsy turvy, well, any division really is topsy turvy as this season, but it makes for exciting games. You never know what's going to happen from one week to the next, I suppose. Yeah, I'll take penalty if it means we're safe. Yeah, I'd, I'd genuinely, if we were mid-table with nothing to play for right now, I'd be absolutely delighted. I'd rather be playing you with no interest at all. But um, yeah, look, it is exciting. It is exciting. And I just hope that come the end of March uh, or come the end of February, Lincoln, are, are, like you say, six, nine points clear of, of the bottom four. And can you see, from what you know about Morecambe, Gary, finally, can you see us surviving this season? I suppose, as you've alluded to there, if you've got somebody who can put the ball in the net, you've always got a chance of winning games. You have. I think my concern might be around Cheltenham. Um, I know they're not doing too badly, but I think they've been really affected by injuries. They're relying on Dan and Lundaloo up top, which which is is not good. Uh, I, I, I rather arrogantly think that we will um, be clear of the bottom four. So I actually think it's a fight between yourselves, Fleetwood, Wimbledon and Cheltenham. Um, I'll say because uh, I'll play the, you know, I'm on, I'm on your your show. Yeah, you'll stay on. <laughs> Gary, thank you so much. Very kind indeed. Uh, very finally, then just give us one more plug for the Stacey West podcast fans website. Where where can we get hold of it? 
Yep, so you can get hold of it at stacywest.net and I will quickly plug my book if anyone's interested in reading the story of a, a 16-year-old stint as a 16-year a stint as a football mascot. It's called Suited and Booted and you can find it on Amazon. A uh, picture of the mascot on the front, Lincoln City mascot. We'll go and check that out. Suited and Booted and the Stacy West. Have a good read. It's a proper fans website and pod and, and really interesting these two. Gary, thanks so much for your time as ever. Really appreciate it. Uh, good luck for the rest of the season after Tuesday, of course. And I really hope we're both in League One next season. Thank you. Same to you, my friend. A huge thank you to Gary Hutchinson from the Stacey West. Fascinating chat about all things Lincoln City. And of course, the Imps and the Shrimps well in that mix in the battle to stay in League One this season. Full match commentary then of a vital clash in League One. This coming Tuesday will be live on Beyond Radio from 7.30. Myself and Matt Smith uh, live from Sinselbank on our FM and DA Plus digital radio services. And thanks very much for your ears on this episode of the Shrimps Verdict podcast too. We always appreciate your downloads. Take care and we'll speak to you next time. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.